Mending the Pieces. On each episode, you will hear about the good, bad, ugly, and occasionally funny sides of grief. Your hosts, Tamika and Pamela, will offer you tips and resources to hopefully get you through some of your hardest moments. Mending the Pieces hosts and guests are not professionals, and the advice given shouldn't constitute as professional advice. Now, to share a little bit about me. I am a person that loves helping and blessing people, especially children. I am a mother of one daughter and a grandmother of two, Jakai and Soraya. Even though I do have many other children and grandchildren because I am known as Nani, Mom Pam, Aunt Pam, or Miss Pam. I have the privilege of working in different organizations, including my own. I love to help others and make things happen for them. I wanted to do this podcast because I have been grieving for 38 years. This is a sensitive subject for not only me, but others. But I felt that it was needed at this time in my life. Grief has had me alone and feeling lonely not being sure if I will ever smile again. Tamika and I met through Facebook about eight years ago. I found out she was doing community work and right away I wanted to um, get connected with her and help her. When we connected, we learned that grief brought us together and helped us bond it. We found out we both lost our mothers a few years apart and we bonded over that. For me, it was like a relief that I found someone that truly understood how I feel, not just saying, I know how you felt, because there is a difference. My first loss was my 10-month-old baby boy that passed away from SIDS. At that time, I was only 18, and I just didn't understand anything. I didn't know what to do next. My daddy stepped up and took care of everything, and my cousin Nita took care of me. I just felt that my life was over. I mean, I lost a child at 18, and he was only 10 months, so it took me over a year to breathe again. My cousin became my everything. She didn't pressure me about nothing. She allowed me to grieve my way. Since then, I have had major losses back-to-back. I lost my bonus mom in 2005, my stepfather tragically in a car accident in 2006, 2007, a best friend of over 30 years, and a friend 2008 for over 40 years. After that, I lost my mother in 2013. My mother always went into the hospital with pneumonia. So my sister and I, we didn't think anything of it. But unfortunately, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I got a call from my sister that mommy's gone. I asked God after that, please, 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 I prayed over and over again to give me a year. (laughs) As we all know, God does answer prayers. And also, be careful what you ask him for, because he might just give it to you. So he did give me one year without us losing anyone. 2015, I lost my bonus brother. 
50 years old from a heart attack. 2016, we lost my daughter's godfather. 2017, I lost my aunt Nita, who was my second mother. 2018, I lost someone very close to me. I was on vacation, and Facebook can be a good thing and a bad thing. I saw someone had posted, say, pray for my family, and automatically I knew something was wrong. I called home to my two daughters. Neither one of them answered the phone, and I thought that was strange. So once I got off the phone, I found out this person was in the hospital. I want to thank Kim for getting me to to the hospital on time. Same year... Now, that happened in June, in the same year, in September, I lost my father. We were going back and forth because he had been sick, so we were going back and forth down there. But on September 2nd, he passed away with all of them. Brings me to 2020. Now, mind you, not only losing your family members, it's the pandemic. So you can't be with them as they're going through that rough time. So April of that year, I lost my bonus dad, which was devastating because, as I said, it was the pandemic and we could not be there with him. So just imagine being with someone for their whole life through everything, anniversaries, barbecues, birthdays, and you can't be there um, at their last moments. So thank you to the doctors and the nurses that was their family at the time. And we had to say goodbye to him through an iPad. So that was April. Now bring me to October. Um, My sister was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer in 2018. Um, You would have never known it. She was strong. She fought through every pain she had. She never let it bring her down. I just didn't understand how she did it. (laughs) Somebody would have told me I had breast cancer. I'd be under the table. But she was strong, and she lost her fight in October of 2020. Now, that one took me out. And I must say, to the day, I still don't, um, it still hurts as if it just happened. So that was October. I prayed to Lord, please, please, please no more. Then 2020, 2021 comes. At, we, at the end of the year, we celebrating holiday time and everything. Lost my bonus guard, my bonus daughter in December of 21. I'm like, okay, y'all really trying to knock me down with this one. When you're trying to be strong, trying to hold on, but this one took us out. But God. I can get up every morning because of him and also because of Tamika and Denise, my prayer circle. You'll meet Denise in another episode. I have to say this because there are many people and family that I know be listening. I do have other people that pray for me and that's there for me, but Tamika and Denise are my everyday. We talk every day. We may miss a Saturday or a Sunday, but we're constant texting, talking all day long every day. I want to thank all my village because I can't, and I repeat, I can't continue to do this life without y'all. With that being said, I pray that I can be a light in someone's darkness. Thank you for joining me. Tamika, you up next. You ready? (laughs) 
I'm ready. I am ready. And we are beyond grateful you've chosen to join us as we build this community, um, as we share and help each other through the grief, um, that it had become the golden standard to know that we can talk about it, that it can be dealt with, and we can be there for each other. So just a little bit about me. Um, I'm number two of four. I have an older sister, two younger brothers, two nephews. Um, I have a charity called Claris Gifts. It's named after my mom. And we serve the homeless and the hungry in Newcastle County, Delaware, as well as Dallas, Texas. My first big loss was in 1986. And that was when my grandfather died. That loss showed me what devastation was from losing someone. My mom was completely devastated when she lost her father. You see, she was a daddy's girl, and my grandfather was her best friend. She told me that she didn't understand how when she left the the VA hospital that afternoon, how the world could still spin, how no one stopped and couldn't recognize that she was completely devastated and the world had lost a great human being. She would not go back to New York until 2010. She was raised in Brooklyn. She wouldn't go back because she felt as though, why? My grandfather wasn't there. So every Christmas, the same scene played out. My mom would steal away for a little while, lock herself in the bathroom, cry for my grandfather, And she did this until she passed. It was funny as she was telling me how she just wanted to scream and tell the world to stop on that day that he passed away. I did not realize that pain until I walked out in October of 2011 and felt the same way. My next big loss was my father. He passed in 2005. My dad was more absent than father. Um, When he went into the hospital from another heart attack, I asked him, Dad, do you want to have this surgery? And he said, Meek, let them do everything they possibly can to save my life. God must have knew that we were going to need that. Um, Because in the state of Delaware, when you aren't married, your children become medically responsible for you when you're incapacitated. So what that meant was me and my sister had to make the decisions for my dad. At that time, my sister was a supervisor in an area where she couldn't get calls. So because I was teaching, it was in the summertime, I had no students, so I was the one who got those calls once, twice, almost daily with the same beginning line. Miss White, we need to do this procedure in order to save your dad's life. It got to be so much for me that while I was out to lunch with a fellow teacher, he had to physically stop me from throwing my phone across the street at the gas station because I was so done. He had to collect me and put me back in my car as I stood and broke down with the ugly cry. We know the ugly cry, and we try not to do that in person, but I was in full ugly cry because it was just so much. 
So, Sunday, 2 a.m., intensive care unit, the hospital. My dad was going. There was no saving him at this point. So me and my sister got down on our knees in that hospital room, and we begged God to forgive him. We begged him, please, just take him in. We forgiving him. He did the best he could. So God, please just let him in. That was the day I understood the power of forgiveness. Now, let's forward to October of 2011. My most monumental loss. This was the loss that took me inside, outside, upside down, and inside out of grief. It was the loss that totally devastated me. It was the one that I had always prayed I'd never have to fear. I'd never have to go through. You see, I was one of those selfish human beings who... I didn't want to feel the pain of my mother passing, so I always wanted to pass before her so I wouldn't have to deal with the devastation. I thank God he didn't let that happen because it wouldn't have been fair to her. So, 2011 comes. My mom had been, she was diagnosed the year before with um, stage four brain cancer. So, she was doing well um we had just got through um a round of the cyber knife um and she was on heavy steroids to combat the swelling so I was away on vacation when she went into the hospital October 23rd which is actually my sister's birthday when I left she was starting to feel bad So I decided I was going to postpone my vacation again. And my mom said to me, you can't postpone this again. I was going back to teaching and like she told me, you won't get a break until Christmas. You have got to let them take care of me. And she met my stepfather and my my siblings. She said, Mika, I'll be okay. They're here. So the day my mom went into the hospital, my sister calls me and she tells me, it's nothing big, it's just a precaution. They just want to make sure mom's okay. So I don't need to come back early, it's fine. Okay. But she had my grandmother call me and my grandmother's job was to be, to let me know that everything was fine, that I didn't need to come home, that, you know, mom was in the hospital, everything was fine. But As she's talking to me, my grandmother says, and I made sure that I put holy water on her mask. And I'm thinking to myself, mask? What? A mask? What? And I stopped in mid-thought, and I said, Grandma, is Mom on a respirator? And she said, yes. I immediately hung up the phone with her and called my sister is mom on a respirator. 
She was silent. Yes. Why didn't you tell me? I'm on the first flight back. She said, that's why we didn't tell you. Because we didn't want you to come back early. So I was in Alabama at the time. Had to drive to Atlanta uh, to get to the airport. Unfortunately, I had missed the last flight by the time I got there. So I booked the first flight the next morning. And I was in my mom's room by 10 a.m. When you... When you have a person in intensive care, um, you're allowed, they're allowed to have family there 24 hours a day. So the hospital became my, I would say second home, but it, I spent more time at the hospital than I did at my own apartment. So the hospital became my first home. Uh, there I laughed, cried, argued and debated. The nurses, doctors, hospital administrators, and even the chaplain. No one was going to tell me what I knew or what I didn't know. You see, I was my mom's caretaker. I was the one who who went to all of the doctors and specialist visits, all of the tests, all of the treatments. Um, I was the one who did the research on brain cancer so I could ask um, intelligent questions and understand the answers. I was the one who knew her medically. I was the one who we shared every time we were in the doctor's office and they told us that another one of the brain cancer's ugly tentacles had reared his head. So here I am in her hospital room, debating, wondering, and then the guilt sets in. Why did I listen to her? I shouldn't have went on vacation. I know everything about her. This wouldn't have happened if I was here. How could I let this happen? Basically just beating myself down, thinking that I was God and I could control or alter any of those events. I will tell you one thing for certain and two things for sure. Guilt is not any place you want to be when you're dealing with a loss like this. So, (laughs) we had major talks, me and my mom, because I was the one who was there. She didn't understand that even though I had degrees, that I took an overnight stocking job so I could make sure I was there with her for all her appointments, tests, everything. I told her those degrees will be there once you're better. Then I'll quit the overnight stocking job and go back to where you think I should be. But for now, that overnight stocking job is where I'll be. So we had some really deep conversations during that time. Um, We talked about what she would want if she were to become incapacitated. We talked about her funeral. Um, We talked about also the guilt that she had because she felt, like most mothers do, that she had made mistakes 
And she just was beating herself up about these mistakes. And I had to tell her, Mom, once you go to heaven, we're not, your mistakes will be the last thing that we think about. What we'll think about is that you're no longer here, that you're no longer loving us, that we're no longer loving you. We're not talking to you. We're not sharing One of our delights was making her laugh because she had the best laugh. And you just always wanted to keep mom laughing. I said, that's what we'll miss. We'll miss you. And if we happen to add any grandkids, we'll miss that they won't have you to love them and as their best friend. She was so different. In a good way. But her goodness sometimes worried us. She would put herself in positions that would shake us. If my mom saw someone walking in the rain or the snow and they had a child with them, she would stop and pick them up. And we were like, Mom, you can't do this. People, they, they set people up like this. You stop it. And she said, if God tells me to pick those people up, I'm picking them up. Okay. And God must have told her because nothing happened to her when she picked those people up. So she knew what she was talking about. Um, so we're there. She was two months in ICU. And she passed away on uh, October. I should know this day. The 23rd or the 22nd. Um So, once she passed, I um, started doing some things that weren't the best for me to numb the pain. Um, I would drink daily to sleep. Sleep was my friend then because if I slept, I didn't hurt. And then I could possibly see her in my dreams and talk to her and she'd be real again. So the only thing I wanted to do was to sleep and wake up 10 years down the road when the hole in my heart would be a little smaller. How I wouldn't wake up and bust into tears and cry and ask God, why did he curse me to live another day to go through this horrible pain. I also resurrected a dead relationship that I had buried three years prior, just trying to numb the pain with someone who I felt knew me and knew my mom. My primary care physician saw the state I was in. She had been my doctor for about seven to eight years then. And she had never seen me in that state, this weakened, weepy, uncontrollable state. And she said to me, she said, Tamika, I'm afraid for you. When you lose a parent that you were the caretaker for, this is one of the major life events that the medical establishment knows can push you over the edge, basically give you a mental breakdown. So she put me on a low dose of Zoloft and Xanax 
to help me combat this. I knew that I had to go back to therapy because I knew the good that therapy had done for me. And uh, I knew that was where I needed to be. So I called my therapist and unfortunately she wasn't accepting my health insurance at the time. But she gave me another one of her colleagues name and she said to me, I trust her to help you through this. So a couple minutes later, she calls me back and she's like, Tamika, I know I don't accept your insurance, but I got to help you through this. I know you. And whereas she will take time to get to know you, I know exactly where we need to start. And as strong as the mind is, that's how fragile it is. And this can be the thing that pushes you over the edge. I stayed in therapy for a year and a half until she retired. So some of you out there have heard me and Pam's bios. Um, We've had other losses, but we know that you all can, some of you can get in line with us and understand exactly what we're talking about. But the thing about grief is that it's usually associated with losing a person because that's the first thing that the world sees. But grief, the very definition, is the natural state of loss. So that could be loss of a relationship, a job or a career, a friendship. It could even be the loss of your ability to bear children. We will devil and we will tackle all forms of grief. So, Pam. Yes. (laughs) We, I think, have made everybody as sad as they possibly could be today. Right? And that's not what we wanted to do. But you needed to understand us and understand where we came from and, and, and what we deal with and, and are why, dealing with. And why we're doing this podcast. Exactly. We want to help. We want to be what we need. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or what we don't have. Yes. And I see that, as we call it, we'll talk about it after the funeral. It's quiet. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah, all those people who said they'd be there and the, the chicken, the fried chicken stops coming and the pound cake and those sodas and, yeah, fridge, refrigerator a little empty. you yeah, like, what happened? What, what are we eating tonight? Yeah, oh, ain't no chicken in there. Oh, that, oh, that's right. Phones stop ringing. Fanfare is over. Yeah. yeah. So we want to be that for some of you out there that don't have the support because we understand that it is important And one thing that I do that I don't take lightly, I thank God every morning for my mind because the mind is, um, everybody can't handle what we're going through. No, some people are, they have, still are currently in the state hospital because they lost their mind. Yes, which I work at in Delaware. Yeah, so it's, and it's not... Anything that we're judging for, we just know that it's major and it can alter your life. 
And we do know that this is a, a subject that people don't talk about, don't want to talk about. Right. But it has to be talked about, I feel. Right. It's going in another episode, we'll talk about therapy. I'm one that non-therapy. <laughs> I'm pro-therapy. <laughs> and people always ask me why. And I just feel, for me personally, that um, it's not going to help. I need something that's going to take away my pain. So I feel why. completely different. <laughs> I felt it helped with the pain to process it and to understand it. Um, we will be having on guests. We will have on therapists and psychologists and um, religious uh, figures and things of that nature. Um, and we want you all to know that when you look at our logo, you would see four separate pieces of a heart and they're different colors and for me and Pam those colors represent something for me the red is my mother's favorite color and the gray is that's the color that represents brain cancer and for me the pink of course is for breast cancer for my sister Lisa and the baby blue is for my son Devon so when we put this together, everything, if you see this um, heart, you see it's, it has bandages on it, it's sewn together, it's wrapped up because we know that we're just trying to mend those pieces together. I know the hole that I had in my heart is still there, but it's not as big because... It was funny, you know, people say those cliches to you and me and Pam. We're, we're going to have a couple cl- cliche shows. and like them. Yeah, neither one of us do. You know, the wonderful, everything happens for a reason. Um, they're in a better place. They wouldn't want you to be sad like this. They don't want you to be crying all the time. They're no longer in pain. You know, all the things that don't help people think help and you want to punch them in the throat for. We're going to come as a community. Me and Pam are like, we are, you all are going to help us. We're going to come up with things that actually help yes. so people can stop with these. They think that, listen, if you can't tell me why something happened, don't tell me there's a reason. Because you don't know. So stop. And I just have to repeat this. Um, Tamika and I are not professionals. We are just speaking from. You had to repeat that. Ex- yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just, just so people will know that. Yeah. Um, you know, of we're course. speaking from my heart, yes. and we're speaking from experience. So our way may not be your way, and everyone grieves differently. Everyone feels differently about it. But we just wanted to share our stories and how we can help. Yes. And just know this is a this is a safe space. Comfortable uh, space. Yes, for you uh, to grieve. No judgment no, at all. At all. We all have a story that's not fluffy, not sunny, not yeah. soft and soft. warm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we are beyond excited for our next two shows 
Our next two shows will be about prayer circles. Um, And we will have our third spiritual sister here and prayer partner, Denise, who is also our website administrator. So we're going to talk about what the prayer circle did for us. Um, I know a lot of times when people kind of hear prayer, they kind of back off. But here's the thing. You can worship whoever you want to worship. Yes. We can't tell you that. We can just tell you who we worship and who works for us. We, if you want to call it a friend circle, if you want to call it a support circle, whatever you want, we know that this is the thing that has helped us. If I had this type of prayer circle when my mom passed away, I think a lot of those dark days would have been not saying I wouldn't have went through them, but they would have been better because I would have known I had these two prayer warriors with me and understanding, you know, I could pick up the phone and in tears and, you know, I had them. So that's all we're, we're trying to show you all what we use. Can I say something on that, Tamika? You hear, we call ourselves the prayer circle, but we're so much more than that. Yeah. We're friends, we're sisters. We go out, spend time together, and it's not only always about prayer. We, we laugh a lot. <laughs> That's what I love about our prayer circle. It's, it's laughs. It, it is. We created a sisterhood with the three of us. And then that sisterhood is not always nice. <laughs> no, we go through things just like sisters. Just like sisters do. <laughs> and we tell each other because I'm very possessive about who I let speak into my life. Yes. And who I let you know, give me constructive criticism because some people is not constructive. It's just criticism. Right. So we are allowed to speak into and when there's a trust there and we there's don't a love stay in that space. Neither. No, we don't come back the same day. Exactly. Not a day later. We don't exactly. Stay there. So we'll share that with you. Um, we just want you all to know that we have our Facebook page called Mending the Pieces. We have our IG page, Mending underscore the Pieces. Every Thursday, um, we will be on to do a Facebook IG Live. So if you have questions, concerns, yeah, comments, suggestions, we'll be available every Thursday after our show. Well, the first one is done. Yes. I can get some sleep (laughs) for a minute. For a minute. And that's one of the funny stories of grief right there. (laughs) Man. So as today is our premiere episode, we also, um, MendingThePieces.com, our website is also up as well. So um, I look so forward to talking to you all again next Thursday. Yes. Thank you for joining us. We really can't um, thank you enough because we couldn't do this without the listeners, right? Absolutely. We could, but we just talk each other. Talk to the, yeah, that, yeah, oh, not yeah we, that's not fun. We're good. We talk to each other already. Yeah, uh, too much. Okay. But we do want to also wish you all happy first day of fall. Yes. We decided to pick this day because the holidays are coming up and daylight savings is coming up. And those can be even tough, tough, hard times um, for those grieving, especially if those holidays. A lot of emotions. A lot of emotions. Especially if the person that you're grieving was always the center of um, your holidays. So um, we love you all already. 
Yes. I, I can say. I know I do. I just love people. And that's poly positive there. <laughs> okay. So we love you all. And we'll see you all hopefully on the next episode. Have a blessed one. Bye.